it's day 16 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're up to John chapter 7. We're starting in the 37th verse. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles there. This story is really a big one. Jesus is at the Festival of Tabernacles. Sometimes it's also referred to as the Festival of Booths or the Festival of Shelters. It's one of the three biggest Jewish holidays. And so Jesus is there in Jerusalem at the temple. His disciples are there. Uh, His brothers are there. Uh, Tens of thousands of religious pilgrims are there. It's a big party. So what's the best party that you have ever experienced? What stands out as the most fun, the, the most memorable, the, the, the thing that, that when you think back on it, it just, it just brings you joy? For me, it's kind of surprising because it wasn't a party that I expected to come. It, it was spontaneous. We like to say around here at Hope that there's no party like a Jesus party. And it's true, whether it's our weekend services, the celebrations that we have to be able to praise God for the for the blessings he gives to us, but also for the way he stands with us in the midst of suffering. There's something for us to celebrate. It's a, it's a Jesus party. The, uh, the parties that we have out in the parking lot, like Taste of Hope in the summers, or Vacation Bible School with, with thousands of kids who, who pack the building for three sessions over two weeks and, and worship God with unabandoned uh, joy. It, 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 it's a party. It's a Jesus party, and there's no party like a Jesus party. The list of things goes on and on, example after example of when we gather in Jesus' name, that's a party I want to be at. But the most memorable party for me, at least one of the most memorable parties for me that I've ever experienced is the Jesus party that happened here at Lutheran Church of Hope at our West Des Moines campus. It was on a Saturday night. I was, I was preaching, and I was preaching on this text from John chapter 7, where Jesus stands up at the Feast of Tabernacles, this this holiday, it's a holy day, but it's also a party, it's a celebration. The the religious leaders, the priests would walk around with jars of water and they would pour them out ritualistically as part of their religious tradition all around the altar. And they would do so as, as a ritual that would kind of connect the old to the new. And there would be some sort of hope some sort of prophetic hope that would be fulfilled that somehow God would show up in some miraculous way, that there'd be some great sign or, or, or maybe uh, an anointing of a new Messiah, a King David-like figure who would come and bring Israel back to prominence. So it was a party. Jesus stood up at this party, the Festival of the Tabernacles, and on the climax of the festival, it says, he stood up and he said, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the, description, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart, the person who drinks of the water of life that I give. It's a pretty, pretty powerful statement. It's pretty bold when you think about it. Jesus is saying that he's the water of life. He said the same thing three chapters ago to the Samaritan woman at the well. But now he's saying it again. And this time he's saying it with, uh, in, in a very big public space in the midst of this big religious holiday and party. I was preaching on this text on a Saturday night in our worship center, and it has all sorts of uh, connections to the sacrament of holy baptism, this, this story from John 7. And so I got this overwhelming sense, I believe it was from the Holy Spirit, and this doesn't happen a whole lot for a Lutheran pastor, but I knew that I had to take this giant leap of faith, this risk. And so instead of just preaching a sermon on baptism in John chapter 7, 
I invited anybody who was there who wanted to be baptized to come and drink of the living water of Jesus Christ, to come and be baptized, whether it was for the first time or they were affirming a baptism that they'd already had, but maybe couldn't remember because it happened when they were an infant or a child too young to remember. I prayed and I thought as I was praying, as I was making the transition from preaching to walking over to our baptismal fund, I thought, well, this is probably a big mistake. I mean, this could be really awkward if, if I invite people to come to be baptized and nobody comes. I mean, after all, aren't most people who go to church already baptized? All these things, all these doubts are starting to run through my mind. But then I finished praying, I opened my eyes, and there was already a line of people who were there. And then the lines just continued to grow. Uh, a few people became dozens of people. Dozens of people became hundreds of people. Hundreds of people through that weekend became thousands of people who came forward to be baptized. All in one weekend. That was a Jesus party I'll never forget. It turns out people are still thirsty for the water of life. It turns out not everybody who comes to our churches has been baptized. And a lot of those who have want to affirm that baptism and remember it in a, in a deeply powerful way. There's no party like a Jesus party. If you want to receive this water of life, Jesus says, then come to me and drink. We think so much of this verse, John chapter 7, verse 37, we engraved it in the original Greek in our worship center over by our baptismal font. The font is, it has limestone from Iowa on the outside of it, and then there's this huge waterfall that comes down into the baptismal pool where people can be immersed or, or they can do a sprinkling baptism, whichever one, and this that's the marble in between the limestone from Iowa on the outside. The marble's from the Holy Land, and so the symbolism is rich. The water of life comes from heaven above down to earth below, and it breaks through sliding along the Holy Land marble where Jesus stood up and he said these words at the festival, and it breaks through the limestone of Iowa where we live. It's, it's the holy coming uh, to uh, the divine coming to the human. It's, it's the holy breaking through into our world. And it was a powerful thing to see that happen as the hundreds and then thousands came forward to be baptized that weekend. And it's a tradition that we've carried on every year since. Other pastors jumped up to help and they started baptizing too. It's a big baptismal font and there's room for more. And so we had to double up and triple up and quadruple up just to take care of the demand of people who were thirsty for the water of life. And every once in a while, uh, us as pastors, we would catch uh, a glimpse of each other out of the corner of our eyes as we're doing this, as if to say, can you believe this? After the dust settled from this Jesus party, we, we just stayed and we hung out, the pastors, and we talked about what have we just seen? What have our eyes just seen? What have we just experienced? This water of life has a power to it because John's gospel goes on to say when he was talking about living water, Jesus was, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. The Spirit had not been given yet because Jesus had not yet entered his glory, but he would. And this was a, this was a big clue. Jesus is saying, quoting Isaiah chapter 55 from centuries before the prophet declares the word of God, ho, he says, hoy, if you're thirsty, come to the waters, come and drink. Hoy in the original Hebrew of Isaiah 55, in English it means hoy, it means oh, it means hey, let me get your attention, wake up sleepy Christians, 
If you're thirsty for more than just rituals of water being poured out or going through the motions of worship, if you're thirsty for more, Jesus has it. He's got a party for you that will change your whole life, that will transform everything. Hey, if you're thirsty for this, come and drink, Jesus says. One more thing before we go today. To understand this text even more and and the connection to the Holy Spirit, I think it's important that we go back to Ezekiel chapter 47. God gives Ezekiel the prophet a vision, and Ezekiel writes it down for us to read. He says, In my vision, a man from heaven brought me back to the entrance of the temple, the same temple where Jesus was at this festival in John 7. There, Ezekiel writes, I saw a stream flowing from the temple, Skip down a few verses, and then this angel, this this man from heaven, took me to another place just beyond the temple, and there was water now up to my ankles. Next verse, now the water's up to my knees, and then he takes me a little further, and now the water's up to my waist, and he takes me a little further, and now the water is immersing me. Baptismal language. Immersion in the original text of the Bible means baptism in English. It immerses me, the water of life, the water of God, the, the, the water that quenches my thirst. It immerses me. But here's the even best part. That's not even the best part. Here it is. This water, as the vision goes on and Ezekiel writes about, flows out of Jerusalem, out of the Holy Temple, and it moves down into the Dead Sea area. I've been to the Dead Sea. It's dead. No life, no plants, no animals, no no birds, no fish. But that's exactly what starts happening here in this vision. Ezekiel sees the water come out of the temple and it brings life to dead things. Hey, if you're thirsty... Sleepy Christian, if you want to be awakened, if you want to go from death to whole new life, come to me and drink, Jesus says. Now that's a party you don't want to miss. So answer the call. Accept it. Receive it. Party on. We'll pick it up there next time. Thanks for watching. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using. That helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there.